Lord, thank you for a chance just to get up this morning and to come, and uh, that you've done something in our life that we would want to sacrifice some sleep, maybe some uh, personal time, maybe some uh, exercise, maybe even we uh, delayed uh, going out of town so that we could be with other men and just wrestle through your word in a way that would allow your word to wrestle through us. Thank you, Lord, for uh, guys that you are stirring to be men and for the way you'll use your word to push us that direction. So uh, just redeem the time, break through all the awkwardnesses that come in new relationships and in new surroundings, and I just pray you knit our hearts together, that we would be authentic, we'd be real, we wouldn't try and put on a bunch of pretense, but that we'd just dive in together and just say, this is who I am, this is my story. And uh, if this is a place where I can uh, change the end of my story or even the content of it, we are about that. So thank you for these guys, Lord. Bless their attentiveness to you. Amen. Well, uh, you guys know that we are looking through the little book of Job, and so I, I, we put together some questions for you today that you were handed when you walked in, but I want to really give you a chance to um, you know, discuss in your group. It's a great uh, way to, to dip our toe into the book. The reading of Job starts tomorrow, if you're on jointhejourney.com, and that's one of the announcements I'll say again at the end as a few more guys trickle in. But if you have not yet signed up at jointhejourney.com, go ahead and do that for the journey. That way you'll get that email pushed to you, and it's just a reminder of what the daily reading is. You don't have to wonder. It's right there every day. But this is the way the book of Job starts. It starts with this verse right here, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And then it says this, And that man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Now listen, that verse has always um, just caused me to pause. One of the things we're going to do in here every week for 10 to 12 minutes is just grab one idea from the reading from the entire week. We're not going to break down a passage for you. We're going to give you opportunities to learn how to do that in other ways. But what we're going to do is just show you, look, this is how you let God's Word affect your life. You don't just move through stuff. You don't just structure it out in a way that would impress people who go through um, different commentaries in the Bible. The purpose of the Bible is not to get through it. The purpose of the Bible is to get the Bible through you. We are trying to organize our life and, and be sharpened by our Father who is encouraging us, correcting us, leading us, and imploring us through His Word. When it says that this guy was blameless, upright, feared God, and turned away from evil, I just stop and I ask myself this question. It's the question on yours. It's a great way to get to know one another. If there was going to be a book of the Bible about me, and chapter 1, verse 1 was an introductory sentence about how Wagner's life was characterized by God, what would that sentence look like? And if it was not with those four major adjectives, uh, I think I'd get the man thing. But after that, it gets tenuous, okay? And, uh, and, and so I just wanted to say, one of the reasons that we are here this morning is to maybe uh, not just change the sentence that introduces us, but to change what is chiseled on our tombstone. And you're going to look. The reason this sentence is there, by the way, is not to intimidate and make the rest of us feel small. The reason it's there is to remove all doubt going in as to why what happened to Job happened to Job. It wasn't for the reasons that his friends are going to rush to. One of the great things about the book of Job is it's going to take away one of the most common 
misconceptions about why suffering happens. Let me ask you guys a quick question. Is it true what one of the counselors of Job says, in fact, his first buddy right out of the chute, as you'll read in the weeks ahead, says basically this, hey, look, if you sow stupidity, you're going to reap suffering. Okay, we all know that's true. We could probably take a long time in here for each of us just to tell story after story about how that is absolutely a fact. But what the book of Job is going to do is show you that there is more than just one reason that men suffer. In fact, there's probably five or six biblically. And, um, and, and we're not going to get to all of them, but we're going to make sure that we forever remove the absolute certainty that some people have, which is, hey man, you are getting what you're getting because you must have done something to deserve it. This idea of karma, this idea that uh, everything can be traced directly back to a yin for your yang. Job shatters that. But here's what I want to ask you this morning. What is the sentence that introduces your life? And what do you need to do to make it more like that one? I want you guys to kind of introduce yourself to each other in your small groups this morning by asking that question. And then over the next eight weeks, we're going to try and do some of the things that could potentially change that sentence. And I will tell you this. Not only is it the question, not only is the question what sentence would be written, but what sentence would your wife write? What sentence would your kids write? And then again, what sentence would the God who knows you intimately write? Now, I want to encourage you with this. I will tell you that the sentence that could be written about me would have at least the word blameless in it. And the reason it would have that word blameless in it is not because I have never sinned or because I won't sin even later today. It is because of how God views me. And this is grace. Okay? Uh, let me just take you to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there. Uh, for the sake of time, I'll throw the verses up here a lot. But look what it says. Um, we've been studying through how to talk to God, and we've talked about this idea that His name should be hallowed. That's both a declaration and a prayer. And what Paul's doing right here is, as he starts this little letter to his friends in Ephesus, he's starting by just talking about God and how good God is, and he's going to speak well of the name of God, and this is the reason he wants to speak well of the name of God. Man, God, you're a great God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Jesus Christ, just as you chose us in him before the foundation of the world, so that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. Now, one of the things I love about that little verse right there in verse 4, when it talks about uh, before him, the words there are, are, are the words that don't just mean you're in his general presence. It means that you are intimately before him, and it's got the idea of a deep, penetrating gaze. Okay? Uh, uh, let's see. Where does it say? In his sight. That's coming up a little bit later in the chapter. But it says, again, later, it says that we'll be holy and blameless, not just before him, but in his sight. When God looks, and you guys all know, you know, kind of with those Superman x-ray vision eyes, when God looks in your heart, at your motives and your conscience, at your every action and your motive behind him, what the scripture says is what God really sees is who you are, a man that has humbled himself before the mighty hand of God, who has thrown himself at the feet of God asking for mercy, 
And God says, when you do that and you trust in my provision, and when you are in Christ, you are blameless. Because I see you, okay, covered. One of the words you'll hear if you're around church very long is the word atone. And that word literally means to cover. When you atone for something, you cover. Not a cover up, but a covering. And what happens is when you are covered in what Christ says is perfect, or when God says is perfect, He imputes to you, gives to you, what is true of that thing which covers you. And when He looks at Christ, He sees blamelessness, He sees turning away from evil, He sees fearing God, and He sees, sees righteousness. And that is imputed, that is given to you. Why? Because your Father loves you. Because He has not winked and nodded at your sin. He has dealt with it fully and severely on the cross. So let me just encourage you this morning. One of the things that you've got to answer in your group, it would be a great way to start, is, I know none of us are blameless in and of ourselves, but have you availed yourself to that which God says will make you ultimately blameless in His sight? Can you say with absolute certainty, by the grace of God, because I am in Christ, I am blameless in His sight. And do you know when you threw yourself to God and asked Him for mercy? If you haven't, you're fixed to have the greatest morning of your life. If you want that. Okay? So, we're stopping right there. That's the kind of stuff we're going to do in here every week. I'm going to show you how, how to not just plow through material. I'm going to show you how to stop and make material plow through you. Our goal is to drive you into groups where you can wrestle with this stuff together. Now, the reason we handed you sheets, I'm moving now into the business section, okay? Which we won't do every week because we'll have covered our business. But uh, the reason that, um, uh, what was I going to say? Where was I? I just shut up. Sorry? Yeah, the reason that we have a sheet this morning, thank you, Rob, is because... Uh, we have not started the study of Job yet, and you haven't had your books yet, okay? Normally, when you come, you'll have done this all throughout the week. The kind of questions that are on this sheet are the kind of questions that you'll do every day. We're not asking you to break down the Scripture and do this extensive hermeneutic uh, Bible study. What we're asking you to do is do application every day. One of the things I love, those of you guys that are married, if you encourage your wife to be involved on Wednesday morning or Thursday night, she is doing the exact same thing as you, reading through the exact same book, wrestling with the same questions. Even if she's not, ask her, hey, sweetie, I was reading this today. Here's an application question. How would you answer this? And it's a great way for you to disciple your wife. Here's the stuff i got to tell you that's kind of business-wise. Um, make sure you do your book. All right? That is what's going to allow you to participate with integrity. There's stuff every day, and then there's a week summary. The week summary stuff is what you'll discuss as your group on Thursdays, but it's not bad to look at it and get it done ahead of time, okay? And, and probably most groups will shoot out from there and launch out from there. Also, you've got a memory verse pack. Memorize your verses. We are looking for men that at the end of our time we're faithful every day and letting God's Word make its way through them and men that absolutely know every verse. And by know, I don't mean this, because let's just all spare ourselves this. When you try and memorize something, it doesn't mean you get here at 620 and read it four times before you come in here to your group. It means you know it, okay? The way I tell people they know something is I look at them and I say, what's your address? And they fire out their address. 
Okay, I have memorized without trying all my addresses since I've been a little kid. Two Southwoods Drive, 629 Gaslight Lane, 520 College, you know, 4130 Emerson, 4330 Emerson, 4138 Emerson. All right, made my way up and down that street. 4001 Park, 6221 Woodcrest. Now, why is that? I didn't rehearse that. It's just because the, those are, are places that I go, I've got to commit that to memory. And I didn't want to sit there when I was filling out an application to go, Todd, What's your, what's, what's your, what's your address? I don't want to go, wait a minute, I know this. It's, um, okay, hang on. It's 60. Wait a second. Come on, I got this. Come on. Uh, I wanted to know it. And so the verse that we're going to memorize this week is Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. And it's a verse that you want to be able to say, look, this is hidden in my heart. I know my name. I know my address. I know my phone number. I know Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And we work it to where we can just quote it freely, looking people in the eye. So that the best way for that to happen, guys, is for you to, to, to go over it every day, is to write that thing down, put it on the dashboard, read it to yourself again and again. L- challenge your kids to memorize it with you. But we're looking for guys at the end of this time that have really stepped up and didn't just come here on Thursday mornings, but have really let God's Word jump into them. In the back, there's a book, Disappointment with God. You can buy that. A lot of groups are going to read through that. It's by Philip Yancey. It's a tremendous read. It's a great book to have read because it'll take you all throughout Scripture for different reasons that men suffer, and it really answers some, asks some questions and then answers them that you guys are going to talk about in your small group this morning. You might want to pick that up. All right, now, what we're going to do in here every week, just to tell you, I'm going to give you one chance to show you how this stuff can personally apply in your life that will launch you to what you can do in your groups, but I'm not going to do stuff that you're already going to do in your groups. We're going to try and show you one way to break this out. If you want to do some more study in this idea, I love what happens in Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 11, when Jesus venerates John the Baptist like no other man. But then he says this, but I say to you, among men born of women, okay, there is none greater than John the Baptist, but he is least among men born of the kingdom of God. And what he's saying right there is John has really lived a great life, a very Job-like life blameless life himself, but when you compare him to what men are who become part of the kingdom of God when they trust in me, John the Baptist gets left in the rearview mirror. So you want to be blameless, guys? Acknowledge your sin. Avail yourself to Christ. Trust in him as your Savior. Let him cover you. And I don't know what the rest of your sentence will say, but it will say at least he was blameless in God's eyes. Lord, I thank you for these next eight weeks that we're going to have as men, just forming friendships. And again, I just want to pray just through all the awkwardness that is um, you know, going to be in some rooms as we kind of try and get to know each other. And just help us just to be real and authentic and not to act like um, we're further along in our journey with you than we are. Or that we don't have some real pain in our life because right now the sentence that describes us is not one that is uh, maybe encouraging. I thank you for grace. I thank you for whatever discouragement we might have, if you'll use it to drive us to somebody who can deal with our sin. And so I thank you for all the guys, Lord, that are here. I thank you for Christ and uh, for the food that we're about to just enjoy. And again, you tell us when we do that as men who love you to be reminded of your broken body and shed blood and how that, Father, is the means through which we can be holy and blameless before you. Thanks for guys. Thanks for Christ. Thanks for a chance to dive in and for your word. Use this time to bless us and glorify yourself.
Amen.